0: Well, hi there. Welcome to Totally Fantastic Title. I'm Krista Wallace. So we've lost another of the great ones, Sir Ian Holm. Um, I know there was way more to his work as an actor than the Lord of the Rings trilogy and The Hobbit, and he was just terrific. Um, I read a, a letter this morning that that Peter Jackson wrote talking about, about his work with uh, Sir Ian, and that's where I learned that uh, Sir Ian Holm had Parkinson's disease, and that just really broke my heart. I know a thing or two about Parkinson's disease because my dad had Parkinson's disease, and believe me, it is a really fucking shitty thing. Um there's this great long list of symptoms and when you have a certain number of them they say hey you have parkinson's you know it's like every everybody who has parkinson's has a different combination of um symptoms and uh it <clears throat> it robs you <clears throat> robs you of your Movement robs you of your, your your physical abilities, it robs you of your memories, it robs you of your emotions, or at least your ability to express them. Oftentimes the face gets droopy and you can no longer express emotions. Um, it robs you of your muscle mass, um, you know, despite his being a terrific athlete his whole life, he wasted away and was 85 pounds when he died. My dad had dementia as one of his symptoms, and that's a real challenge to deal with. <laughs> my dad had a great sense of humor. He he was, he was just a really funny guy and kept everybody laughing, and he was a terrific host, and you were treated like royalty if you ever were over at my parents' house. Um, he had a beautiful singing voice, Taught himself to play the guitar and, and just absolutely loved playing and singing. And he was a huge Gordon Lightfoot fan. And <laughs> so every time I hear Gordon Lightfoot, I think of my dad, of course. Um, that was where I learned to love the Beatles and Elvis and <laughs> um, Don McLean and <laughs> so, so many others. I learned to love camping and hiking. And <laughs> he was an avid gardener. I didn't learn that from him, Um, nor did I learn his athleticism, (laughs) Um, but I did, I did learn an appreciation for music, and he absolutely adored his grandchildren. Um, I'm pretty sure my mom started reading this novel out loud to him, and (laughs) <laughs> I'm not sure what stage he was at in his uh, Parkinson's, so whether he understood any of it. Or maybe he just didn't understand it because it's fantasy and that wasn't really his thing. Um, I'm kind of the only one in the family who had a love of fantasy, so go figure. Uh, I know that he would be, he would have been proud of what I'm doing, even though we wouldn't necessarily understand what it is I'm doing. <laughs> so anyway, since it was just Father's Day, that's, that's a little story about my dad. He was a really good guy. Um, I miss him every day. Um, here's to all the dads, and here's to all of the guys who have dads, and all the people who have dads, <laughs> and I'm putting it out into the universe that we need a cure. For Parkinson's disease, because it's nasty and it's very hard on families. Anyhow, let's get into chapter 8 of Gatekeeper's Key. You may recall that in the last episode, Kier and Derry encountered some young soldiers who were gossiping about Frederick Hayland who had boasted about his evening with Kier and had started a rumor that Kier must have slept with Valraker. When we left the story, Kier had marched off purposefully, and Derry followed her. And now, Chapter 8. Gatekeeper's Key by Krista Wallace. Chapter 8. A Flurry of Consequences. Frederick Haland awoke earlier than he usually arose, wearing a smug grin. He idled through his morning preparations and allowed himself a second cup of tea, all the while congratulating himself for his triumph. That little chit of a woman had really put him off in the great hall. Sir Frederick Hayland was not accustomed to being ignored. When he spoke, others listened. When he said something witty, people laughed. When he asked a question, he received an answer. Those were the rules. Especially with women... Women didn't argue with him, they drooled over him, they did not speak forwardly to him, and they absolutely did not correct him. He had earned the right to those expectations through years of devoted service to Kian barthelon and yet that Kier woman had broken every last one of those rules, and more. When they'd first laid eyes on each other at the gate, Frederick thought she might have been enticed, but after dinner... Frederick wondered if that upstart Derry Morant had badmouthed him. No, he's so good, he wouldn't dream of it. But still, experience had taught Frederick that women would be taken with him. They routinely engaged in civil hostilities toward each other while competing for his attention. And those lucky enough to sit on either side of him glared triumphantly at their friends and nastily at each other. Oh, but she's above them all. Frederick chuckled in mild disgust as he trimmed a couple more hairs from his beard. Even if she had decent skill with a sword, her biggest trouble was that she was green and learning from the wrong people. Pompous Derry Marant, captain to an exiled duke. She thought Derry was his equal. <laughs> Laughable. There she'd been, out on the parapet, as if waiting for him. The starlight and fresh air had softened the roughness around her edges, and she actually looked pretty. It hadn't really been his plan to seduce her, but he always enjoyed a challenge. It was all too easy once I began it. Women were powerless to resist his charm. Frederick was certain he'd impressed the little thing. And himself? Frederick sighed contentedly as he drew a wet comb through his wavy red hair. In spite of her youth and inexperience, he'd enjoyed her immensely. Aside from the smooth skin, well-defined muscles... "'Very pleasant on a woman,' he concluded. "'Firm breasts that fit in his hands with no wasted flesh, "'deep eyes that virtually screamed their longing for him, "'her lips, her tongue, her teeth. "'Aside from all of her physical attributes "'was the simple fact that she worked for Lord Valraker, "'the first woman Valleys ever had working for him, "'and I overcame her on her first night in shale.' "'The smug grin appeared again.' Such a triumph was meant to be boasted. Frederick emerged from his room, whistling in the early sunlight. "'Lovely morning, Captain,' said the guard at the tower door, smiling at him. Frederick stopped. "'Did you finally get laid by a woman last night, Cleo, or did you screw your dog again?' The guard's face fell, and his salute faltered. "Uh, "'Sir?' he asked tremulously. "'Frederick laughed and cuffed the man so he stumbled. "'Show some strength of footing, Cleel, or I'll think you sit down to piss.' "'The captain merrily flung open the door and took the tower steps two at a time, still chuckling. "'Ha-ha, <laughs> the privileges of the highest-ranking officer in the shale guard!' "'He needed to remind his men of their place. Kier was another such person who wouldn't suffer from being put in her place. "'Her opinion of herself was far too high.' He'd love to see how she bore up to a little humiliation. Prattling, after all, was a socially unacceptable offence. He burst out onto the parapet. He strutted over to the wall and beckoned to Sergeant Lady. With a wink to the young guard who stood nearby, Frederick said, "'Guess who I spent the evening with last night?' Kier raced up the same tower steps she had climbed last night. How ironic that I should find him in the same place.' She surged through the door at the top of the stairs, and the guard there was nearly knocked over by her voice. "'Where's Frederick?' The poor startled fellow didn't have time to answer, because she had seen the man she sought, surrounded by about twenty of his men. She strode over. "'Good morning, you arrogant, deluded son of a whore,' she called gaily, and there was shocked silence as the onlookers waited for their captain's response to this unexpected arrival." Frederick hesitated, a startled look on his face, then chuckled lightly as he approached her. He extended his hand. Hello, uh, is it? I trust you are happy with your accommodations? Bastard! You seem surprised to see me, she said. Is it because you figured I would sit in my room pining for your company, or because you didn't expect me to have the nerve to confront you about this? She didn't accept his hand, and he put it on her shoulder to draw her toward the gatehouse, but she shrugged it away. "'Would you care to speak in private?' he suggested in an earnest whisper. "'Funny that you're so concerned about privacy all of a sudden,' she smiled prettily. "'Am I embarrassing you?' Pierre? you can't just come up here and interrupt my work. "'Oh, can't I?' she put a clenched hand on her hip. "'Her voice became icy. "'You will listen to me.' "'The breeze whistled through the crenellations.' He stood his ground, but the quiver in his brow betrayed his misgivings. He had no idea what she was about to say, but he'd realized too late that Kier was dangerous. "'You'd better be careful of what you say,' he said tentatively. "'Word can travel pretty quickly around here.' "'So I've learned. "'And you wouldn't want Lord Valraker to hear that you have behaved inappropriately for a warrior of his.' Frederick's eyes were like slits as he tried to convince her to back down. "'Oh, don't you worry about me,' she said with a smirk. "'Valraker likes us to do what we believe is right, and if he finds out, well, all I can say is that I will never regret what I'm doing now as much as I regret sleeping with you last night.' The soldiers were aghast at her outspokenness. "'Let's just get one thing straight here.' she continued. I made a choice to go with you last night. In favor of a little romp, I decided to disregard my gut feeling that beneath your pretty face you were repulsive and not worthy of my company. If you think you overpowered me in some way, you have a really vivid imagination. And though I'm delighted to learn that it will go down in the annals of history that I was one of the best you've ever had, I'm insincerely sorry that I can't say the same of you. The men stifled laughter, and Frederick looked as if he had been walloped. She began to turn but stopped. Oh, and one more thing. This delicious little rumor you've begun about me and Valraker? She shook her head in disgust. You deserve to lose your knighthood for defaming the character of one of the greatest men Rydress has ever known. You aren't even worth my spit. She strode to the door with her head up, but stopped dead in her tracks, shocked to see Derry standing there. With an inaudible groan of dismay, she brushed past him and fled down the stairs. His impassive face told her nothing, but she could guess what he was thinking. She had slept with Frederick Hayland, whom Derry did not like. She now knew why, but that didn't change what had already happened. Confronting Frederick was something she was certain Derry would disapprove of. By the time she reached the bottom of the stairs and blew out into the yard, most of her anger had subsided but there was also a strong message from her conscience that she deserved what she was getting today. Frederick stood dumbfounded on the battlement. His men avoided eye contact with each other and began to invent duties to perform. Derry stepped forward from the doorway where he had stopped to listen to Pierre's words. He didn't know where to put his hands. Finally, one rested on the back of his neck. Kier did not want the circumstances of her flight from Wanaka to be discussed openly, because she preferred to avoid drawing any extra attention to herself. But since that is no longer relevant, I will tell you, if only to dispel, this myth about Valraker. Derry still harboured his own doubts about the subject, but kept that part to himself. "'Ever heard of Ronav Malachite?' he asked redundantly, knowing full well that every man present would have heard the infamous name." One of Ronav's men had the honor of meeting Kier in a tavern in Wanaka. He was less than polite to her, and by the end of the brief rendezvous, the man lay dead in the yard. It was that confrontation Valraker witnessed, and that is why Kier is now traveling with us. That reason, and no other. Frederick's body was limp. Derry turned to go, but Frederick stopped him with one more desperate attempt to save face. "'One man,' he scoffed with a trembling voice. "'Surely you don't believe that was enough to convince him?' "'Beneath Derry's glare, the other captain lost several inches in height. "'It doesn't matter what I believed at the time, but I know he was right. "'In the week it took us to get here, Kierre has been pursued by more of Ronav's men, "'and her courage has impacted us all. "'On the very night we left Wanaka, she and I were attacked by four men.' She single-handedly killed two of them and wounded another. She studied the Wepnian, you know. Frederick's face went grey. Her wounds she has borne without complaint, and any fear she may have does not deter her from her commitment to my Lord Valraker. She is a valiant warrior, and she—Derry gazed levelly at Frederick— already has my utmost respect. He walked away, letting the humiliated man find his own interpretation of Derry's last comment. As the door closed behind him, he heard Frederick hollering impatiently at his men to quit staring and get to work. As he descended the stairs, Derry analyzed his feelings, hopeful that with his speech he had convinced himself the rumor had no basis in fact. He himself had just said Kier was a valiant fighter and had every right to be there. He believed it and should have dismissed his troubled thoughts easily, but couldn't get the subject out of his head, even after her vehement words to Frederick. Why was there still a nagging doubt connected with it? If only it weren't possible. Kierre was famished and heaped her plate with stewed pork and dumplings. If Falraker had heard the story being circulated, he showed no sign of it. Her logical side told her that the Duke would not be bothered by what she did in her spare time. Her concern was more that his good opinion of her might be soured by her poor choice. She was draining her second glass of wine when Derry walked in. Valraker had been watching her with amusement. "Kiera, the wine is meant to be savored, not guzzled," he scolded. She smiled, feeling somewhat more relaxed now thanks to the wine, but it was with some unease that she watched Derry move to his seat. He hadn't followed directly after her, so what had he been up to? His face was unreadable; he didn't look at her for the entire meal. She'd definitely made it into his bad books. "I'll see you out on the field then, Valraker," she asked as she rose to leave. I'll be there in a few minutes, the dark elf responded, and she left. Out in the yard she heard her name. It was Derry. She stopped by the cherry tree so he could catch up with her, though she braced herself, certain he was about to upbraid her for her behavior. Before he had a chance to speak, she turned to him. Well, go ahead and say it. I know you want to. Say what? Derry looked as if she'd caught him in a lie. I told you so. Why would I say that? He seemed confused. Oh, come on. From the moment we saw him at the front gate, I knew you didn't like him, and now I know you have good reason. Don't try to tell me you aren't all smug that I found out. But I'm not, Derry insisted. I have to say I am indeed glad that you found out, but I regret dreadfully the way you had to learn it. Why didn't you just tell me? She demanded. I couldn't do that, Derry said gently. It wasn't my place, nor would it be proper. You must understand that. "'Kierre sighed and sat heavily on the bench at the side of the path. "'Yes, I do. "'You have a code of ethics. "'You believe in chivalry, and if you spread evil tales about Frederick, "'you would be no better than he is.' "'It suddenly dawned on her. "'That is why you sounded so bitter about his knighthood. "'You aren't so much jealous of him as you are indignant "'that he was seen by Kian to be worthy of the honour. "'He doesn't deserve it because he doesn't obey a code of ethics.' "'That's right,' he sighed. He is always on his best behavior when Kian is around, and nobody tells Kian because, well, a number of reasons, I suppose. He ran a hand through his blonde hair. They might be afraid of repercussions, or maybe they don't understand or care what the code of chivalry means either. Or perhaps they do, and that is what prevents them, like myself. He reached up and plucked a newly sprouted leaf off the cherry tree. And of course the honor guard was just to impress Val, Kier said. "'Keep Val thinking highly of Frederick, yes?' "'Her chin cupped in her hands. "'She thought back to the ribbing Derry had received from the night after dinner "'and how she had felt that his conduct was unbecoming to a man of his rank. "'She kicked herself again and again for not heeding her instincts. Kier, Derry's voice was hesitant. "'Uh-huh. She had practically forgotten he was there. "'I have to ask you—' "'What?' "'Well, I hope you don't mind my asking, but I need to know. "'Is it... true?' "'Is what true? Did I sleep with Frederick?' "'Yes, I slept with Frederick. You heard what I said to him. "'I may as well shout it out, I suppose, "'since the rest of the population of Shale Castle is going to know soon, "'if they don't already.' "'She kicked a pebble onto the path. "'Boy, a castle is just as bad as living in a tiny village, if not worse.' "'No, that isn't what I meant,' Derry said, "'apparently fascinated by the activities of a beetle in the grass.' I apologize for my forwardness. I was referring to what they were saying about you and Dunveran. I-, I mean, does your relationship with him extend that far? She stared at him. I'm astonished that you, of all people, would entertain such a thought. He shifted uneasily. I simply need to know for certain. She looked him in the eye. Derry, I think you know the answer to that question. It isn't any of your business, frankly, but since it's so important to you, no, I did not sleep with Valraker. Honestly, why in all levels of hell would I sleep with Frederick Haland if I had Valraker for a lover? I never thought of that. She looked at him squarely. Tell me you didn't really believe that. After all that's gone on this week? Derry breathed a sigh and relaxed his shoulders. <sighs> You're right. I knew it couldn't be true that he would ask you along because of that. You've proven your worth. Derry rushed on, the words tumbling out, but I need to be aware of all things relating to this company and my lord. It is for his protection, which is my utmost responsibility, and I prefer to have straightforward answers from the people involved rather than deal in speculation and supposition. She could have pointed out his resemblance to Fennel, but she didn't. He joined her on the bench. You understand that, don't you? I suppose so. And now I just ride it out, I guess, she said to the flagstone path. The worst must be over. You already did more than anyone else has ever done, Derry said stiffly. Okay, here it comes, she said, preparing for the flood of scolding. What? I was only going to say that I was alarmed that you might do something foolish, but then I heard what you said to him. I have to tell you, I admire you. She looked at him skeptically, but he was gazing at the gardener who was pruning the hydrangeas. For doing the very thing that I have never had the courage to do. Nonsense, she said. It has nothing to do with courage. You choose to conduct yourself by your code of ethics because that's what you believe in. I have no ambition to become a knight, so it matters less to me what people think. What matters to me is what I think, and I couldn't let him make a fool out of me. And hopefully, by the time we come back, it will all be forgotten. Let's hope so. She brightened, and now I must go meet Valraker. Val was right, Derry thought. There was plenty he could learn from Kier. The lead in his belly melted away, and he all but forgot about it. He walked back to the castle, feeling quite tall. She lay on her back on the edge of the practice field, studying the cloud formations, and imagined how Valraker would react to her escapade. Would he want to discuss it right here and now? A shadow cut off the glare of the sun, and she turned her head toward it. "'You sure do like your wine,' the dark elf's silhouette said. She could tell by his voice that his eyes were smiling. "'Yes, I do, as a matter of fact,' he gestured to her supine position. "'So, are you drunk?' "'No!' she laughed. "'Will you cut it out now?' "'Then get up, you lazy lout, and let's get on with it.' She got to her feet and brushed herself off, not making eye contact. "'Why don't we start by having you show me what happened the night we left Wanaka,' he suggested. "'I'll be your opponent's. Tell me what you want me to do.' Kier sent her mind back to the night of the battle. It was dark and pouring rain so hard we couldn't see very well. Water was everywhere. I kept slipping in the mud— She paused, frustrated that she wasn't explaining well. The first man was there, and the other arrived about there. She tried to sort out the details, but everything seemed fuzzy in her mind. Falreaker watched her thoughtfully and finally interrupted. You're not focused. It was an observation, not an accusation. What's on your mind? She shrugged. I'm just a little preoccupied. Maybe we should try this later. Anything I can help with? He ventured. No, I think there's nothing more to be done at this point. Care to tell me about it? It's what I'm here for, you know, not just the wine, he winked. She hesitated. This was the first time since leaving Brendow that she had been so comfortable with someone, and after so long trusting no one, it was refreshing. Mostly, she realized, she had to learn to trust her own instincts about people. The observation applied both to Valraker and Frederick. She was beginning to understand why Derry felt the way he did about this man, but it still felt too soon. Someone betrayed a confidence and it didn't go over well with me, that's all. What have you done about it? He leaned thoughtfully on his five-foot sword on Drayden. The sun reflected sparkles from the ruby in the pommel. The only thing I knew to do. I confronted him and set him straight. She squinted up onto the outer wall, where there was scarcely a sign of activity apart from the guard walking on his rounds, which one of the windows above the wall was her room. Maybe I should have shown more restraint, but I don't like to let people get away with that kind of thing. I've noticed that about you. I'm too impulsive sometimes, she admitted, as much to herself as to him. Maybe, he cocked his head to one side, let me ask you this, do you feel you did the right thing this time? "'Yes, I do. He was completely out of line, and there was no way I could let that go. "'Good, then,' Valraker nodded. "'But you're right. If you know you tend to act impulsively, "'it's all the more important that you take a pause before you act. "'Some situations are best handled by walking away. "'You can bring a lot more woe on yourself if you just react without thinking.' Her face grew warm and she looked away from him as renewed guilt seeped in. She felt again the jarring vibration up her arm as her sword plowed through Simon's body and crunched in the dirt beneath him. "'It sounds as if you're speaking from experience.' "'You could say that,' the dark elf shrugged. "'An accomplished warrior is not just skilled at the art of fighting, but also at the art of knowing when not to.' "'I hate to back down.' She shook her head. I can't just let the other person win. Unless it's Janik, Valraker suggested with a chuckle. Kier rolled her eyes. That's different. <laughs> hm, he said. Maybe. His tone told her she should think about that. Sometimes everyone wins if the conflict is avoided, he went on, though his half-smile and softened eyebrows suggested that he knew what she meant. Just make sure you think about the difference between the two before you act. "'At least when you have time,' he added, his eyes twinkling. "'She sighed, wrestling with the notion of opening up to him further. "'That's a tall order. How long did it take you to learn that?' "'Oh, only about four hundred and fifty years, but I'm a quick study.' "'She returned his smile and appreciated his confiding in her. "'From that point it was easier to put aside her cares and concentrate on the lesson.' They began again. She explained where the two men were and what each was doing. They went through the fight in slow motion. Valryker made comments and observations throughout. He reminded her about how to make use of the fighting conditions, to turn them to her advantage rather than negatively affecting her. They discussed ways to throw off one opponent to deal with the other, and to read her opponent's body language so she could anticipate his moves, as well as be aware of her own indicators and eliminate them. "'Now, when you were fighting Simon, you didn't rely solely on defense. "'You were more in control of the situation.' Kier's knees and elbows went rigid. "'It feels very strange to continue on a first-name basis with a man I killed,' "'she said softly. "'Falraker rested his hands on his pommel. "'Why do you think that is?' "'She considered the question. "'I suppose because it would be easier to kill if nobody had a name.' He waited while she tried to put her thought into words. A life is not to be taken lightly, any life. She was definitely blushing now and couldn't meet his eyes, sure that he had judged her and found her wanting. You're right, Kier," he said gravely. We do not seek to kill. The necessity comes to us. If it were the other way around, we would be no better than Dregor. She nodded and gritted her teeth against emotion all the more reason to try to prevent our own life from being taken lightly. Pierre's gaze wandered across the field, and she forced words between her lips. "'I didn't really mean to kill him,' she confessed. "'To her surprise,' he replied, "'I know.' After a beat, he added, "'It was automatic, right?' "'I couldn't believe it when he threw that knife.' The hatred and outrage gushed out. This was the first time she'd talked about the incident. And it was his second cheat. I was letting him off. I'd already started to walk away, and that should have been the end of it. But the bastard... She cut herself off. "'People don't cheat in practice,' she finished. The words sounded childish to her ears. Valraker shook his head. No, Kier, they don't. And I'm afraid it won't be the last time you kill out of passion.' But neither can you put your own life at risk for fear of killing for the wrong reason. Only experience will tell you the difference. And Pierre He waited until she was regarding him squarely. Your instinct there was right. Simon would have killed you. She pressed her lips together and nodded to him gratefully with not the slightest regret for opening up. She truly understood Derry's feelings now. Thanks, Val. The lesson continued for a short while longer, then Val summarized. Keep your opponent off balance by continually surprising him. Don't allow him to get set and take initiative. Keep him moving. Get within his measure and fight smarter. Your footwork is excellent, the mark of a deadly swordsman. Combined with your speed and coordination, you can outmaneuver almost anyone, even those with greater reach or strength than yourself, and you're certain to fight a lot of those. Pierre looked at him thoughtfully. You sound a lot like Brendau when you talk about this stuff. Your trainer, he said noncommittally. That's funny, just similar experiences, I guess. Kier felt exhilarated by more than just the training, and as they walked off the field together, she was much more at ease. The dark elf seemed to understand her just the way Brendau always did. She felt, she thought about it a moment, a sort of kinship with him. Valraker walked through the castle to the inner ward, lost in thought. His newest recruit was a continuing source of curiosity. As he learned more about her, he sorted through his appraisals. Did they support his suspicions? She certainly reminded him of— He stepped out the door, and was blindsided by Fennel, breathless with excitement. <gasps> "'Oh, sorry, Val!' Is there a fire or something? Valraker asked, rubbing his tingling elbow where it had bashed into the heavy wood. Oh, I was heading to get something to eat, the younger elf said, picking himself up and carrying on as if nothing had happened. Isn't it amazing about Kier? After all these years of Sir Frederick's games and storytelling and getting away with it because no one is willing to stand up to him, it's our Kier who brings him to his knees on her first day in the city. She's proving herself to be the wrong person to cross. I can't imagine people actually believing that you and she slept together. Not that she isn't attractive or anything, but it's obviously completely unnecessary. I mean, none of us saw her fight Ronow's man, but not only do we have your word to take for it, but her personality speaks volumes about her character, and I know Derry was blown away by her skill against the other four men. Fennel finally paused when he became aware of Valraker's vacant stare. What? What, by all that is precious, are you talking about, you utterly ridiculous elf? Valraker said with exasperation, though not without affection. Oh, I guess you hadn't heard then. Why, no, now that you mention it, I hadn't heard, the older elf replied, good-humouredly drawing Fennel along with him to the bench alongside the path. He pushed the young fellow onto it. Now, he demanded politely, I think you should tell me about this, only slower if you can. The dark elf listened while Fennel imparted a most interesting tale with a lot of detail. For Fennel paid close attention, and much as when he was firing arrows, he had a flair for accuracy. Thalreaker's mood became dark, then darker still. The darkness was dotted with surprise and even amusement. He felt a twitch at the corner of his mouth as Fennel spoke of the way Kier confronted Frederick and set him straight. She's certainly not intimidated easily, is she, sir? The fair-haired elf said. "'No, she is not that,' the Dark One acknowledged and nodded thoughtfully. "'Thank you, Fennel, for sharing this with me. I think it's time for a chat.' Valraker strode away. He stepped along the path, considering where he might find Kian's captain. It was no wonder Kier's concentration had been off. Betrayed a confidence, indeed. That was an understatement.' He was pleased with the way Kier had dealt with the situation. Yes, she definitely had a few traits that reminded him of himself. A young adventurer, eager to experience life and make things happen. He had to smile when he recalled the concerns his young captain had expressed only this morning. Yes, the two fighters would definitely have a positive effect on one another. But what struck him the most was her statement about the taking of a life. Such wise words from such a young person— he had met countless soldiers of far more advanced years who had finally come to understand that, and still others who never learned it at all. There again was that inner quality he had spoken of. I must finish my discussion with Kian. For she also reminded Val of some other people. What else had Brendau taught her? Valric saw Sir Frederick from across the lawn and hailed him. The knight hesitated, but the duke knew the younger man wouldn't dare ignore him he sauntered over wearing a cheerful yet respectful expression join me sir frederick valraker's voice was friendly but his face solemn valraker stood in the middle of the ward where there was no danger of any unwelcome ears hiding behind doorways and windows i have heard some disturbing reports that concern you that you have been engaging in some behaviour that is unbecoming to a man of your station i can't imagine these reports to be true sir frederick shifted and looked around "'Of course not, sir. You have my word that I would never intentionally treat someone with disrespect.' "'That is not the story being circulated, Sir Frederick.' "'Who told you?' "'I am not required to reveal my source to you, Sir Frederick.' His eyes locked coldly with the captain's. "'I have nothing but contempt for those who engage in gossip,' Sir Frederick said. "'Don't be a coward, Frederick,' the dark elf warned, dispelling any notion of Frederick's that he might be fooled.' "'Live up to the responsibility of your actions. "'Do not try to shift the focus from yourself by placing blame on others. "'I will have to speak to Kian about this, you know.' "'The captain nodded, but still refused to look directly at Valraker. "'It may not go well for you, "'but your situation will not be improved by denying your guilt. "'Allow me to impart some advice, since you clearly need it. "'Tell the truth to your lord, and you will be treated fairly. "'If not, Kian will not be merciful.' That's it for Chapter Eight. Tune in next week to find out what Kean's opinion is on all of the above. Um, hey, and happy summer, by the way. It's it's official. Uh, it's good that the weather's starting to get better. When we're all encouraged to do as much stuff out of doors as possible, if we're gonna if we're gonna hang around with other people who aren't in our bubble. <laughs> One of my dad's favorite songs to sing and play it on the guitar was "One Woman Man." by Johnny Horton. (laughs) I wish you could have heard him. I wish you could have heard him. Actually, you love me I would feel so proud if you let me hold your honey I'd holler out loud I'll never love another even if I can oh come to me baby I'm a one woman man oh won't you let me baby just to kind of hang around I'll always love your honey and I'll never let you down I'll never love another even if I can oh come to me baby I'm a one woman man I've high as mountain as the tree to the sky The tree's gonna make you, uh, jump the and of I even in the ocean the i hang around I'll always love you, honey And I'll never let you down I'll never love another Even if I can Oh, come to me, baby I'm a one-woman man Thanks, Da Thank you, as always, to my family Matt, David, Heather, and Maggie As ever, to David and Sharon to the Original Six, and to you. Thanks so much for listening. Take care of each other. Now go be fantastic.